Hello, everyone. Welcome to CSM Secrets, key insights from influential customer success leaders in the industry today. And in this episode, we have as our guest, Manuel A. Harnish, who's the Vice President of Customer Success at People Data Labs. And when I checked out his LinkedIn profile, it hit me really hard as to how people-centric and people-oriented he is. He says, what matters most to him are the team, his customers, and shareholders in that order. And with that people-centeredness as the focus, he's been able to drive a revenue-focused and customer-facing and a highly successful customer success organization. Let's hear more from him today. Hey, Manuel, welcome to CSM Secrets with key influential successful leaders in customer success. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Awesome. So let's get started with the first blog where you will walk us through your key insights in customer success itself. And let's get going. My first question to you, right? You have a very impressive uh, LinkedIn profile when I went through that. You've, you've kind of, you know, uh, traveled the spectrum from, uh, you know, an enterprise software or a telecommunication software all the way to, uh, you know, data analytics, etc. So I just wanted to ask you one question. Right, your greatest accomplishment as a distinguished leader in customer success. I mean, in your in your really interesting journey towards where you are today, a moment that you cherish. If you can start by sharing that with us. Um, yeah, that's a great question. A great one to sort of start the conversation off with. Um, it's also a really tough one for me personally. I, I think you know, as I look back um, on on about two decades that I've been. In the technology space now, there's probably not any one particular accomplishment, but I will say that whenever I've had the opportunity to build teams and then sort of bring on the next leader of that team, which you know gave me permission really internally to move on and do something else, that's been um, one of the things I've been probably the most proud of, um, and I've done you know a couple of times now. And you know you, you can never really know in the beginning whether that's going to work out, but there you know, at least in, in, in my experience so far, there's always been one one or two people that have really stood out. And I've been able to uh, bring up and kind of, um, you know, to take that leap into into stepping into my role as I as I look at, uh, at new things. So um, that would probably be it for me: building building great teams and um, and then seeing them grow and kind of you know run themselves um, when I'm when I'm ready to move on. Great. That's 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 a hallmark of a leadership moment, isn't it? When you get to build great teams and see them go perform out there on the field. I mean, that's that's a wonderful <laughs> moment in everybody's career. Yeah, and so uh, you have a very unique experience. You know, when I saw where you have sold network software and then pivoted now to a place where you are kind of, if I understand it right, offering data shopping for AI and uh, you know end users and businesses alike. So what are the common themes that are run across customer success functions, no matter what the business is? Are there any? Yeah, that's um, that's a good one too. Um, so there's a few things to sort of unpack here. I've, I've always, um, myself at least, career-wise, focused on uh, businesses that, that sell to, to companies and to enterprises, right? And that you know, secondarily had a fairly um, specific technical lift associated with them. And, and what I mean by that is, these are not uh, businesses where you know everything is kind of UI driven and uh, it's relatively easy to set up and, and get going. And then customer success is really there to you know, just support the customer you know, in, in the ongoing journey. But more so, 
these are businesses that require a fairly you know, deep understanding of technology, whether that is you know, configuration of routers and switches and you know, getting the right data connected and setting up uh, BGP routing and things along those lines. Or in PDL's case, uh, it's really data science um, sort of a component. Um, what we do, it's, it's a little different than what most SaaS vendors will do out there. This is actually data as a service. So rather than what you had coined AI, what we provide is a lot of the raw ingredients for our customers to build their products on. So think of it this way. You know, we have business-to-business contact information. We have information about companies as well as individuals out there. And those uh, can drive a number of different use cases that our customers may be building for. So if you are an HR tech platform, for instance, and you're looking to build that recruiting platform, well, we can inform some of those some of those components in terms of the, the back end, right? Another good example might be, you know, you you are a, a bank or you're some sort of financial institution, you're looking to prevent fraud, right? Or uh, know your customer, which is a, a big term these days. Um, you would use our data set to do some of that research. And so um, these are these these are similar in the sense that they both require you know PDL as well as Kentic both require a lot of technical lift to you know a get set up and then also from an ongoing perspective. Um, so hopefully that kind of gives you a little bit of a, a background, a little bit of an idea there. And then um, also kind of going back, I've always focused on startups. Um, that's kind of been like my my career path um, almost from day one. And um, that has meant uh, a lot of you know, building structures and you know, really bringing in the teams, um, doing a lot of foundational work, if you will, um, at the point where I like to join, which is right around you know, anywhere between 10 and 50 people is usually when, when I feel most comfortable. Um, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, um, re- not repetitive, but a lot of similarities because a lot of times none of that has been done or very little has been done. And so there, there is sort of a, uh, a motion to uh, do things in a, in, a, in a structured fashion at that level. So hopefully that, uh, that gives you a little bit of an idea there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you just talked about, um, you know, bringing in a structure when, when the size of the company is small, uh, right? So what are some elements to that uh, structure, if you will? Uh, you know, what do you drive in that framework, if I can call that a framework that you drive, that you aspire to implement when, uh, you know, an organization is such about to start its customer success journey. Any key takeaways from that framework that you can talk about? Yeah, I, I think I think the first step you got to do, or the first thing you have to think about, is like, wh- why why are we doing this, right? Um, you know, obviously you, you have the sales team who is incentivized to to bring in new deals. You have marketing who is you're building the funnel and building the pipeline and, and helping with the public persona of the company. And of course, you have the, the product and engineering teams that are building your product. And then you sort of have the all these supporting organizations. Um, customer success. You know, while it's often a department, right, and, and it's more so these days than it was historically, really it's a mindset, right? That's how you have to have to almost think about it. Um, yeah, we're all here to make our customers successful at the end of the day. Um, customer success is just uniquely sort of positioned to, to make that happen um, early on. And so structurally, um, you know, eventually what you want to do is you want to sort of separate, you know, what, what sales does, which is primarily bring in new business, from sort of the ongoing support motion. Now, what I've seen happen a lot of times is sales will continue to sort of own the customer relationship long term, right? Once once they sell the deal, and if you're not careful in that in that regard, what will happen is your sales teams will spend more and more time on maintaining those customer relationships and not really going out and selling new 
opportunities, finding new opportunities, and really you know doing doing what they're best at. Yeah. With respect yeah. to sales acumen. Um, so that's really where you know bringing in customer success and, and you know establishing the function, having having a customer success um, uh, manager and mindset around that, and then you know starting to think about okay, you know what what do we want to incentivize these folks on? You know, gross retention, net retention, things along those lines. Uh, building out some playbooks, building out some tools and processes to eventually scale out the organization for for the customer base as you as you go through the growth phases. Yeah. Makes sense. So what are the steps that you're taking uh, to make customer success a profit center of your organization, right? Because as I speak with various CSM leaders, they are putting that as a first priority these days, right? And how do you ensure a frictionless experience with sales? I mean, how do you, how do you take over the profit and run with it? Like any, any crucial yeah. measures you're taking? Yeah, that's... Um... It's another great question. And this is probably one of the things that um, a lot of people do get hung, uh, hung up on, right? Um, and I've seen, I've seen this throughout my career. Sometimes you sort of have like one or two folks on the selling side that just, you know, don't, don't see the light. They don't, they don't believe that customer success can, can be a force multiplier, which is really kind of how I view it. Um, and I feel that they're sort of getting into the way of things. Um, that's tough when that happens, but generally there's ways to sort of work around that and, eventually um, you know, find a path to resolution. But really, at a, at a very high level, I view, um, I, I view every customer having a customer team. Now, these are high-value customers. These are not transactional customers that are you know, just coming to your website and sort of buying and then, uh, and then self-supporting for the most part. Um, so I'm talking more about the, the customers that spend you know, a large amount of money with you and it really required a white glove service. It's the customer team that takes care of them, which are the seller and you know, some companies call those account executives. Um, you know, there's different different names for it, but basically the seller, the supporting engineer. If you have a technical product, so your sales engineer, and then on on the uh, on the CS side, the CSM and the CSE, so the customer success manager and the customer success engineer. Um, where where that makes sense again, I've been representing fairly technical products. So that is the team that will take care of that customer post-sales. And really, the primary responsibility of that is with the CSM. Um, there has to be a good alignment between the sellers and the CSMs. I like to reduce the number of connections that have to exist internally. And what that means is any one CSM should ideally not be supporting more than two to three sellers, um, if that's possible from a scale perspective, um, just so they can build those deep relationships and really you know, operate in, in a high-trust environment. Um, so those are all you know things that I, I feel are critical uh, to get established. And the last thing I'd say is I'm a strong believer in aligning incentives um, for for the team and you know revenue. Um, while CS is not necessarily a selling function, it is a supporting function to to that ultimate goal, which is growing the customer base and really aligning growth and net retention to each individual's compliance and and you know, mission for for what they do on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the new tools and skills that you're adopting in your organization, um, right? I mean, so a very talented team and a very structured process is a, is a, is a key to prevention and uh, retain customers, right? And it's a mix of both. It's a mix of both people's skills as well as uh, tools and a frictionless experience. So are there any new tools, any new skills that you're, you know, that you're doing to upskill your team and to upskill the overall experience itself? Um. Yeah, there's a few things um, that, that come to mind. So, uh, and, and this is again from my sort of startup, uh, startup experience. Um, when uh, when you're early, 
you tend to try to sell you know the most amount of product possible for the least amount of money. Um, and this isn't necessarily by uh, by design or even by desire. It just is what 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 tends to happen because a lot of times you don't have the confidence um, you know in in your organization in your company and really like your public persona as um, a company that can demand a premium price. And so. Um, you know, part part of sort of the the skill set is to change that mindset. Now, a lot of that has to happen on on the sales team first and foremost, but also on the customer success team, um, which is around like, hey, we, we're, we're like, yes, we are here to serve the customers and to provide value to them. But yeah, you know, what we do is very valuable. Our time is valuable, and so the mindset kind of slowly needs to shift from let's do everything possible that we can for the customer, make them happy. To to say it's like, look. Yeah, we're willing to work with you, but there is, you know, everything that we do has sort of a value associated with that. And, you know, ultimately the goal is to sell the least amount for the most amount of money possible to to really, um, you know, protect your upside down the line. There is, of course, a lot of nuances to that, but that's really keen on. Um, selling based on value versus just like, hey, here, here's what we do, right? A lot of times you have startups um, go in and, and, and say, well, look at all these great features, Mr. Customer, which ones of these you know, would, would be appealing to you? Like, let's focus on that. And that's fine. That's a way to get started, right? But as you kind of grow up and, and go further down the path, it becomes more and, more and more important to really understand what the customer's business is and what they're looking to accomplish and how what you provide can help them in that. Um, we're in the fortunate position here that what we provide customers is something that they directly or indirectly monetize in a lot of cases. So we're part of the product that they ultimately sell. And so that gives us a lot of leverage down the line because it's, you know, it's, it's more difficult to sort of replace. But at the same time, it gives us this huge opportunity to learn what their business is, to take a look at their product, to use it if it makes sense. But then also to understand like what we provide them and how we can how we can further drive you know product development, um, sort of think strategically and and, and one step further. Um, and the last thing I'll sort of say in this regard, um, yeah, you know, early in the tools journey, instead of heavily indexing on hard metrics around consumption, I really think that you know customer success manager sentiment, especially with high touch customers, is critical, right? Like having that that human level understanding of, of how the customer is doing. Um, sort of reading in between the lines. That that is, I I over index on that much more heavily early on because it is such a such a big part of of building the organization, building the program. So those are those are the main points. Great. So that brings me to the next question, right? Like, what are the key metrics that you are continuously measuring for? You know, both um, you know the business reviews with customers mainly, and how are you hammering on the point that you are aligned? Uh, with what success means for a, a customer is and whether your organization is actually delivering. Some yep. business metrics that has come off to be very critical uh, in this process, if you can talk about those metrics that you're measuring. Yeah, that's um, that's a great one. So well, what I would say, uh, well, let's take a step back, right? We, we deliver primarily in two different formats, right? One is, is through our APIs, and, and on the API side, it's actually much, much easier to sort of see what customers are doing, you know, how many calls they're making, how they are you know, tracking against the plan consumption, whether it's year-to-date or overall package, um, what queries they're running. We have a way to sort of see on the back end you know, exactly how, how much data they're supplying us versus what they're uh, taking out via the API calls and so forth. So we, we have a pretty detailed understanding there, and we can have a... Uh, 
an educated conversation. Uh, it is much more difficult for what we call data license customers. Um, those are customers where you know we we license subsets of our data, uh, but we deliver it in a flat file format. Um, sometimes it's a uh, you know JSON, it can be CSV. There's a couple of different formats that we'll ship, um, but we deliver that into a customer's S3 bucket or some other location on on their end. Uh, really to be uh, consumed either by their data scientists, by their Elasticsearch system, whatever infrastructure that they already have. And in those cases, it's very difficult for us to sort of see what, what they're actually doing, in which case it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. We in, uh, index very heavily on the, the CSM relationship, um, you know, understanding where they are in the ingestion process, um, you know, what, um, what they're building with it, right, and whether we can look at the product. Uh, because at the end of the day, um, that is that is what we know it's driving value if they're building a data a data product with with our data sets. So those are probably uh, the main things. Um, we are starting to think about things like NPS um, and um, and querying our customers on that. Um, we'll be looking at things like CSAT and some other sort of secondary metrics as we go yeah. into next year. But for the time being, um, you know, it's really about product consumption and then CSM sentiment. Awesome. Great. And what do you think is going to be extremely important for customer success, I mean, as a function in the future, uh, so that it's not just software, it's not just SaaS, but also multiple industries adopt it pretty uh, seamlessly, right? What is, I mean, do we need to build more, um, you know, uh, abstracted tooling or do we need to do more of uh, BI integration? I mean, what do you think is going to be extremely critical for us to develop? So there is widespread adoption um, in spite of you know the industries that are adopting it. Yeah, wow, uh, that's that's a crystal ball moment for me right here. Um, you know, it's 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 been interesting. The field of customer success, like as a discrete function, has been around for like 10, 15 years, and I credit a lot of that to obviously Gainsight and Nick Meta in the early days of really kind of driving this as a discrete uh, function and, and 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 industry, right? Um, and we can argue over the merits of the the, the product that, that Gainsight has, but really the company has done a lot for for the, the field and 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 the idea behind customer success. Uh, with with that said. I think there's still a lot more work to be done. Um, startups, for the most part, get this, right? Startups um, understand that you know, we're all here, and by we collectively, everybody at that startup, because somebody somewhere is willing to give us money for what we provide, right? And we, we better find a way to keep that going. Otherwise, you know, we're, we're going to be out of business, right? But um, that is the startup mindset, and that has probably always been a couple of, of steps ahead compared to some of the more established and legacy companies. I, I do think there's going to be a need for continued advocacy and, and adjusting the mindsets of, of larger companies, which in some cases are like, well, you know, it's, it's nice that we have customers here, but we really don't care about them in the same way that, say, a startup would. And um, that that change, that change of mindset is really going to be you know, critically important over the next five, 10 years, even for some larger companies. And if you think about it, there, there's some, some large internet service providers out there. For instance, if you, if you try to contact them about a problem, uh, it's not really ever their problem, right? And that's, that's the type of mindset that I think we, we continue to need to change, um, you know, as part of the industry, but also in general, uh, as consumers, as we sort of demand more from, uh, from our vendors. Uh, really, the customer needs to come to the center, right? The, the companies that get this and understand that have been wildly successful. Um, others have been doing okay, but, you know, the, um, 
the tides continue to shift, and I think this is this is going to be critical over over time. Um, the other thing I would say is, um, and this also applies for startups, um, probably more so than it would be for larger companies. Um, incentives historically have been based on you know new revenues, um, you know, sort of bonus structures have been like, how much money did we make this year? Maybe maybe around profit and so forth, and that's all great for teams like that are on the engineering and on the product side and aren't necessarily on the revenue side of the house per se, right? But they still have a bonus structure. I think tying some of that or maybe even all of that to gross retention and really like how much business are we able to retain? Um, because that's ultimately the, 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 the key focus of customer success, I think will be uh, very, very important, right? And if you, if you align that incentive, I think you'll see, a lot less. Oh well, you know, only only twenty percent of our customer base are using that, so we're going to drop that feature. Well, are you willing to give up? You know, ten percent of the revenue because probably half of those customers are going to churn, right? Um, that is that is the mindset shift. I think we'll we'll, we'll have to see. Awesome, fantastic. So with that, we uh, we conclude the business portion of our podcast, and right now we are going to put you on a rapid fire round. We are <laughs> we are going to find out about your little bit about your personality itself. So ready? Sure, let's do it. Okay, all right. I mean, so you're you're off to the moon, and you're likely never coming back, and you're working from there forever. Three functions that you would take along with you. <laughs> um, well, it would make sure I'd have oxygen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably, uh, probably food, and then uh, a, a great internet connection. Um, that that would be um, that would be a starting point. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, like sales or HR or CEO or you know that kind of three functions that you would uh, from your company that you would definitely carry along for you to be successful as a CS from the moon. Um, boy, that's um, that that's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm not. I mean, I'm giving this some thought, right? But I would say, yeah, executive leadership, maybe one person from 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 that team, right? To get some some high level guidance might be useful. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure that selling from the moon is going to be overly possible <laughs> right now. But product development might be really interesting, right? Um, yeah, you, because you you're exposed to so many new uh, environments as a result of that. So I would say probably a a, a product manager and and a few engineers. Um, and uh, and maybe throw in a, a biz ops or an analyst uh, type of personality in there as well. Okay, all right. Three skills where CS differs completely from sales, and you think are necessary for CSMs? Yeah, so I would say uh, strong capacity for empathy um, would be a, a critical one. Um, you know, diplomacy and bridge building capabilities, and this is both externally and internally, and. Um, the third one I say is just not not take yourself too seriously and uh, and and you know have a fun personality and just just be enjoyable to be around. Whereas sales a lot of times can be a little bit more subtle and uh, and um, you know stiff in, in some regards as well, especially if some of the uh, some of the more legacy sellers. So yeah, those are the three. Okay, and three skills that you are looking for in aspiring customer success candidates whom you are interviewing or actively hiring. Yeah, so. For folks that are getting sort of started, um, whether you're a fresh grad or you're make, trying to make a move into the space, um, the number one thing I would say is intellectual curiosity. Uh, it, it can't be understated. Um, 
you know, come come to me and come to the team with some well-informed research, right? Do your homework, have some opinions, right? Bring bring questions about the company, not just about, well, what do you guys do? That That's a terrible thing to ask, right? Wow. Um, you know, ha- have done some research um, uh, around the industry, around the space, and maybe even around CS in general, like, Say like, well, how do you how do you think about this uh, sort of thing? What do you what do you do around CS cap alignments? Um, that all shows strong initiative and also translates into something that we really want uh, for folks um, in the field, which is you know being curious about your customers, right? If you have yeah. that curiosity with, with the interview, then you're going to be curious with our customers. Yeah. Um, active listening and really the ability to paraphrase what's been said um, in an effort to build that report. Um, with the customer, and the, the the last thing I would say, and this is this is sort of um, this is more of a hard skill, but being able to you know manage projects and manage customers, um, you know, CSMs have a lot of different threads going on. Oftentimes, there's like ten different uh, customer conversations happening in a given week, or maybe even more. There's some internal projects, and really being super organized and having some some project management skills, I think, are all really important. Awesome. So if there is one favorite cartoon character that represents a good customer success manager according to you, which one would you choose? A movie character or a cartoon character where you think, oh, this is CSM material. Is there one? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, it's funny. I, I thought about this um, and, you know, I haven't watched cartoons in a little while, but I will say that, um, you know, I gave it a little bit of thought and I'm not sure if you've ever heard or if you ever watch Futurama, it's a great show. Really enjoyed it when uh, when it first came out. And there is uh, there's Leela, which is the, uh, the 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 one eyed lady um, that is sort of part of the core cast. And you know she's a little sassy. She's a little different. She holds people accountable. Um, strong capacity for empathy and and really kind of showcases that a number of times in the show. And and quite frankly, a lot of times she's a total badass too. So I think <laughs> she she would be a perfect CSM. Awesome. Let me go get that and, you know, watch some episodes. So you're most inspired by whom, why, and what? What drives you every day to work for work in customer success? What's your most yeah. inspiring uh, moment or thing in your job? Yeah, so so I think there's two ways to sort of answer this, right? Um, on, on a personal level, somebody that really inspires me, and this is uh, – yeah, this is sort of like a lightning rod, and some people really like this person. Some people think he's absolutely crazy, um, but I think you have to be a little bit crazy. Um, I would call him the the, the modern day Thomas Edison, and that's Elon Musk. Um, not <laughs> necessarily because of what he's done with with Tesla, but the fact that he's built you know a space exploration company that's effectively profitable, has also built an electric car company. Um, you know, has built the the, the tunneling company. Is working on on some AI stuff. Is working on some neural interlink stuff. Like all of these things combined, really kind of showcase that that one creative mindset um, that we oftentimes lack, right? A lot of a lot of folks um, that build companies these days are kind of taking a safe bet and saying, "Well, if we only if we only take this thing and we make it a little bit better," which which by the way, I'm I'm not looking to knock. That's that's still very commendable. But those are not the big leaps that kind of drive us forward. Versus, I think that that Mr. Musk has really taken taking a different approach, taking the Thomas Edison approach of like, I'm just going to build it and I know it's going to be working and I know it's going to take us um, to the next level. So, um, you know, it's the, uh, um, that's not impossible. We're going to make it happen versus historically people have always said that's impossible. So that's, that's at a very high level, Um, you know, on, on a CS level and sort of like what drives me every day, 
Uh, JB Wood from TSIA um, said it best, I think, when he said, you know, selling won't help, but helping will sell. And that's really the ethos of customer success for me. And that's what what has me excited. You know, I, I like helping people, which ultimately will drive value for them, which will ultimately, you know, have them come back and, and buy more from us. So that's the, uh, the mindset that I have for, for customer success. Awesome. So one last question to be answered in yes or no. You think AI will kill the humanness in customer success or AI people can use AI and the insights from it to do more of human uh, touch in customer success? Intelligent human interactions is possible or AI will kill it? Um, I don't think it'll kill it. I think um, AI can be AI can be used to see things that humans either can't see um, don't have the time to see or, or plainly just, you know, haven't thought about even looking at, right? So, you know, setting AI loose on data sets and having it come up with interesting things that nobody's thought about, I think is probably the best starting point. Um, and then on the interaction side, you know, look, I, I think there's always going to be a need for uh, some level of interaction that's either a chatbot or some automated emails or things along those lines that, um, are going to be better served by some sort of automation and AI. Um, all that said, there, there needs to be a way to you know, break out of that um, pretty easily and uh, and to get a human involved if if and when that's necessary. I mean, you, you've probably used various chatbots and ways to interact with companies. And you know, it's either a delightful experience and you're like, yep, this works great. I got exactly what I wanted and it took me like five minutes. Or it's a really um, dreadful and terrible experience, and you're like, "Oh my God, where's the button that says I want to talk to a person?" Right? And so I think as we continue to think about that, that's sort of the experience um, delta that we're seeing today. If you make it delightful, I think AI can be an, an absolute game changer and an absolute asset to the industry. Great, thank you. And finally, I mean, where can people find you? Like, you know, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, um, so you know, if you if you sign up for an API uh, account at People Data Labs, you can actually query my profile. Uh, uh, there'll be my phone numbers in there, all my email addresses in there. But uh, if you don't want to do that, and I do recommend you do do that, um, you just go on LinkedIn. You can hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not a big Facebook person, so LinkedIn is probably the best. Or just Manuel at PeopleDataLabs.com. Thank you. Thanks, Manuel. That was a great session. Thanks for spending time with us today. Very insightful. I appreciate you taking the time. All right. Thank you very much. It was awesome. And that brings us to the end of this wonderful episode. And until next time that we bring you a conversation with yet another customer success leader, stay tuned, watch out for your customers, and never stop learning. Thank you.